The views and opinions expressed by the guests on the following program do not necessarily represent those of Mark Radio, The Shepherd, or its advertisers. Welcome to The Shepherded Work, a weekly program to help you learn how to live your Christian faith in every place you work and live. Host Mark Goldstein introduces you to individuals who are successfully and effectively engaging in marketplace ministry and gives you the tools you need to do the same. The Shepherded Work is sponsored by the U.S. Christian Chamber of Commerce, building kingdom, business, and community. Now, here's your host, Mark Goldstein. Welcome to The Shepherd at Work. Mark Goldstein in the studio with Mike Gilland, and we're going to have an interesting show today. We do not have a guest. Mike and I are just going to have a nice little chit-chat. Yeah, man. And we're going to talk about the topic of anti-Semitism. As a Jewish believer, Messianic Jew, um, I've been really paying attention to this, but not just in the news recently, but I've paid attention to it for quite some time. So we're going to talk about that a little bit. You know, Mike, you shared a clip with me from somebody that you really respect. Yeah. And uh, we're, we're going to share a couple of clips. So why don't you intro, intro it for us? Thank you. I will do just that, Mark. You know, Al Mulder has the briefing, and I want to give them the proper credit for this. It's a daily podcast that you can get by going to albertmuller.com and subscribe for the briefing. And what he does is he's taken this phrase, Mark, that we've heard a lot about, which is the the chant that is coming from the Palestinians in their efforts. And it kind of is a guiding. It, it, it's, it doesn't sound like uh, genocidal in its wording, but, but he's going to deal with that. Okay. And that phrase is, from the river to the sea, Palestine will be freer. It goes, mm. There's been different versions of that. Mm. But what you're about to hear, this is Albert Moeller from The Briefing. Under the attack by Hamas, there was an implementation of that from the river to the sea, Palestine will be free commitment. And the goal of Hamas is abundantly clear. And as you're looking at this, you recognize we are seeing the evidence right in the open of what happens when an ideology turns homicidal or murderous. And that's basically what has taken place here. But even as that statement is now a matter of cultural conversation and even political debate, and even as we trace its pedigree and understand that there is no doubt what Hamas has meant when that expression is used, and anyone who uses that expression has to understand its pedigree means the elimination of Israel. It doesn't mean any kind of peaceful coexistence. and at least as it has been used by Hamas and popularized, it means an Islamicist ideology that requires the elimination of the Jewish people. Let's be honest, that's what it means. People who use that statement and say they mean something else, well, quite frankly, they're being intellectually dishonest or they're being at least disingenuous about what that statement means and where it came from. Yeah, and I think that's so important, Mark, for us to realize that that phrase, that phrase is being used by people who may not be seeing the entire backstory as to what is being meant by it. And one of the things that he brings out in this episode that he did is the impact on our colleges right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, this has been going on, and it's been going on for years in our colleges, this sure. slant to the left, a progressive left. For everything. For everything. Yeah. Yeah. And it is... It is one of those things that a lot of kids, I think, let's start with the parents. I think a lot of parents who are sending their kids to colleges, they themselves are not yet aware of just how seriously to the left 
their kid is going to be exposed to sure. from professors, not just professors, all of the activities that are on that campus. It's something that parents need to be aware of. But certainly the kids that are going there, they must have their eyes open to what's going on. And that chant is out on our campuses. You know, I mean, anytime you want to change a society, you do it in the schools because those yeah, are going to be right. your next generation. Yeah. And I mean, this is nothing new. I mean, right. I mean, it's been going on for years. I mean, there's a reason that after the Holocaust, the, the mantra was never forget because yeah. the idea is, is that people will forget. Yeah. There are people that say the Holocaust didn't even take place. Those are the same people that say we weren't on the moon either, but you right. know. You know, there have been movies about the Holocaust and there have been uh, obviously just TV shows and books written. And we do have listeners that were alive during it and may have been a part of some of uh, the actual camps that that uh, the, the German people held. And it was terrible. What went on there, it's been uh, it's been shown. Uh, it's It's been typified. But what happened on October 7th has been called the most egregious attack since the Holocaust. And that was the tipping point for Israel. I mean, and it, like any other country, you have people to the left, to the right, and there's always a social discourse on what should we do as a nation. Yeah. And there's a tension there, and it's good. Yeah. In this case, Hamas went too far. I th Even the most liberal, the most pacifist Israeli is saying, get them now. Just go get them. Yeah. And, and or just end it once and for all. And I think it's important that as we have this discussion that we remember that for years, and I think it's safe to say most people who are listening their entire lifetime has been spent with the United States and our position toward Israel is that Israel is to be guarded, protected, one of our greatest allies, if not our greatest ally in all of the rest of the world. So that too is being challenged across our country right now. And for me, what is more dangerous than what's being taught in the schools, it's what's being taught in the churches. Mm. There is a term that you don't hear too much anymore. It's kind of kept under wraps. It's called Christian Palestinianism. Or in another way, you could just say Christians for Palestine. And the whole idea is to give them their own nation. Now, what people don't realize is that the Palestine, Palestinians, you can go back to the Philistines. Uh, they're in the same area that they were back then, and there was always tension. Um, for years, the Palestinians wanted the other Arab nations to take them under their wings. Nobody wants them. Nobody wants them. They want Israel to, to take care of them. But this thing with Christian Palestinianism is that if you believe that all of the promises made to Israel were done away with at the cross, which you know there's other, there's denominations there's people that talk who believe, about. yeah, sure. Take that to the to its nth degree. If the promises were done away with at the cross, that means that Israel has no spiritual right to that land, which then means if there they could then be the fly in the ointment. Because Christians who theologically think they're correct and say, you know, we need to get Israel off that land. Yeah. We, we, that, that if we do that, we're going to have peace in the Middle East. 
and you're not going to have the river to the sea, which we know this is crazy, mm-hmm. but you could then see as you know, the rubber's hitting the road where Christians are going to say, yeah, we got to deal with Israel. We, the, the uproar in the United States is president don't help Israel anymore. And then everything falls apart. And as far as I'm concerned, we're looking at Ezekiel 36 through 39. We'll talk about that for a minute. What do you mean when you say that? Oh, uh, that's Gog and Magog where, um, Israel is at peace. They're, they're prosperous and doing fine. And Gog and Magog represents the world, in essence, converging to attack Israel mm-hmm. and to eradicate them. We know that Gog and Magog do not succeed, but it's one of those things that kind of shows us that we're getting very close to the end. Yeah. When, when Israel is restored, in essence, when the world attacks. And when you look what's going on now in the schools, in other countries, this rise of anti-Semitism, it's not not like it's new. It's just out in the open more. Mm -hmm. You can see where it could be very possible for economic, social, and other reasons. They, the world can decide we're better off without Israel. Now, sometimes all of this to a believer can get confusing because we also know that it was the Jewish people that crucified Jesus. Yeah. I mean, they put, they put him to the cross. Sure. It wasn't just the Roman involvement. It was his own people. Sure. And so a lot of this is really lost in maybe you could call it a lack of understanding of the of the true implications of the word of God. But you're right. When you go back and you see God's promises to Israel, how that, that was, I I do believe uh, in that time, especially in that time, uh, that nationalistic Israel was uh, at a, a special place. But now the, the question that you're bringing up is because of the cross, because of the church, mm-hmm. because of the new things, does that mean that there's nothing for Israel in the future? And I think most believers would say, yeah, hold on. I'm not so sure that that's a, you know, God. We don't, we may not know all of the details, but to th- suggest that there's no longer any role at all that Israel plays on the world stage, or should they have a, their own nation like they received in 1948? Uh, that's a pretty strong statement. Yeah. And, and, you know, you do have a spiritual aspect of, of Israel. I mean, you look in uh, Romans 10 uh, and 11, well, 10, uh, being grafted back mm-hmm. in, that, that there will be an onslaught, if, if you will, of Jews coming back in in the last days. Yeah. I know that there's so much, and I, I heard it, you would have heard it too, uh, as a young person growing up from both sides of the camp, because you are Jewish. Mm-hmm. But I've heard it that uh, that day's coming, the book of Revelation talks a lot about what's going to happen in that day. We haven't forgotten that this is the shepherd at work, and we're going to talk about some of the ways that this current trend of anti-Semitism has affected not only business, but it's affected Mark personally. And I think uh, that's something that we'll cover in a moment, which you've got some compelling thoughts about (laughs) that. This is The Shepherd at Work, and we're together here, Mark Goldstein and myself. We'll be back in a moment.
If you're a Christian business person and you want to meet people who want to do business with you, you need to join the Central Florida Christian Chamber of Commerce. Why? Because the mission of the Christian Chamber is to build kingdom, business, and community. And it all starts with the Christian principle of building relationships. To learn more about the Christian Chamber and all the different ways you can get engaged with hundreds of other Central Florida Christian business people, visit cfchristianchamber.com or call 407-258-3570. Ladies, do you want the men in your lives to be better husbands, fathers, and providers? Men, do you want all that and more? Christ-led communities has the answer. With men's Bible studies and group experiences, Christ-led communities has a curriculum that meets most every man's spiritual needs. Visit clchq.org to learn about your opportunities to grow in Christ in a Christ-led community. The website again is clchq.org or 407-484-3899. Once again, here's Mark Goldstein. Now we're back with the Shepherd at Work, Mark Goldstein and Mike Gillen in the studio talking about a very impactful topic today, Ooh, anti-Semitism. Boy. Yeah. And Mike, I want to come back to you because you have another clip from uh, Pastor Moeller that you want to share with us. Yeah, I do. You know, he's referring, he has been in this clip referring to this phrase that's oft heard in the news. And it's something that's being chanted. It's like a, almost like a battle cry Mm -hmm. from the river to the sea, Palestine must be free. And again, there are variations of that, but that's the gist of it. But now what in this clip, he's going to be talking about how that is really hitting in the news from some people high in government, Mm -hmm. a congresswoman from Michigan. Most ominously, that language has leapt into the public square associated with controversy about one member of Congress. That member is Representative Rashida Tlaib, who represents a district there in the state of Michigan. She's a Democrat. She's a part of the far-left group in Congress on the Democratic side known as the Squad, and she has been given open support to the Palestinian cause. And by that, we don't just mean the good of the Palestinian people or even the protection of Palestinian civilians. We mean that she has sided with the Palestinian cause. And she has used the very language we're talking about here, from the river to the sea. Now, what exactly does she mean by that? Only she can answer for it. But she has also accused the president of the United States, because of his support for Israel, as being guilty in genocide against the Palestinian people. Mike, what I find is so very amazing about that. Yeah, Most people don't know, if she would step off of U.S. soil, and make that comment about the president, she'd be arrested for high treason. Isn't that something? Yeah. It'd, it'd be like what a spy would be accused of and then labeled with that of, as being treasonous. But I, you know, I know she's here in the America and we have free speech. I'm grateful we have free speech. Mm-hmm. Uh, yet it, it doesn't seem American to make a statement like that. And I'm, you know, I don't like a lot that goes on in our government. Uh, I'm not happy with the way our borders are being handled mm-hmm. right now. I think that most Americans would say, uh, yeah, <laughs> I feel the same way. Mm-hmm. But when we have members, we shouldn't be surprised at the division when we have members of Congress making statements that the president is guilty of genocide. That's and, pretty strong. And for the reasons that she's citing. Yeah. I mean, I, I think about college kids on the campus chanting this stuff. You know, people 
chance stuff. They don't know what they're saying. It just sounds good. Could you imagine back uh, during the, the time in, in Babylon when the last king went down, everybody looking in the room seeing many, many tickle the parson, yeah. and they all left chanting yeah. that, yeah. not knowing what they were saying. Yeah, your deeds have and, been weighed. Yeah, but people chant things. And yeah. let's face it, yeah. how many people that Jesus served were the ones who were out there saying, chanting crucify him, crucify him, because yeah. that's what the crowd was saying. Yeah. Was it Martin Luther, I think he was, that said, I, I, my, my only contribution were the nails in my pocket or something like that, you know, <laughs> and, and we all yeah. have done it. And it's really noble for us to think back, were I there yeah. at the crucifixion? Would I have been on the crowd, among the crowd chanting that? Or would I have been with the believers standing crying, seeing our Savior on the cross? And most likely it had been the first of those two things. And again, um, frontal attacks are obvious and you deal with them. So this congresswoman out of Michigan, and that was a frontal attack. Even the Washington Post said that's egregious. Yeah. But that's a we deal with that. We can see it. But my concern is, is that which is insidious, mm. which is generational. I mean, yeah, it's kind of under the surface. There are people, Christians, that grow up and are taught Jews are kikes, mm. Christ killers. You know, that I grew up, you know, being called a kike uh, by people who got their Bibles and went to church every Sunday. Wow. Um, I mean, that's just the way it was. And even in the church today, those who would side with Christian Palestinianism, uh, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, um, they really are uncomfortable even with Christians that are messianic. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, I will tell you, and I'm not going to name names. That would, that would be bad, <laughs> but you know, I was the president of the Christian chamber from 09 till I retired in 2020. There were many, many people that should have been members of the chamber. And I just could never figure out why. They'd express they wanted to be members. And, but they, they just never joined. I retired in June of 2020. By the end of 2020, almost every one of them had joined the chamber. Wow. And I believe it's because they didn't want to be in a chamber that was a Christian chamber that was run by a Jewish guy. Hmm. Even though you are, like you said, messianic, yeah. you're a believer in Jesus. You're not holding on to Judaism. Yeah. Uh, but nevertheless, that was, that was a problem for them. Well, and I think one of the blessings of being a Jewish believer who really studies the Bible, specifically the Old Testament, you know, first of all, all of our roots of Christianity are yeah. in the Old Testament. That's right. I don't think Jesus said anything that, that wasn't quoted in the Old Testament. There are so many promises in there. But you look at the Bible as a love story. God loves Israel. He loved them from the beginning, and he continues to love them now. Mm -hmm. You can't just do away with the Old Testament all, everything that was foundational yeah. to what Jesus did and just say, well, that doesn't count anymore. Yeah. That doesn't hold water. My favorite phrase in dealing with that subject is that the Old Testament is in the new revealed 
The new is in the Old Testament concealed. They both play with each other. They both, uh, one is the fulfillment of the other. And if you look at the Old Testament, you're seeing the seeds of what, uh, what these people were seeing in the distance. And some never realized, just like what Moses never realized, the promised land, the way uh, Joshua did. But, but isn't it interesting in Hebrews, the writer of Hebrews said, they all saw the future. Yeah. They knew it wasn't for them. It was for the future. And they were okay with that. Yeah. It was a promise yeah. yet to be fulfilled, but it was yet coming. And that was no doubt about it. So I think what we have to do, first of all, we have to ask, I think a real rudimentary position would take, uh, would be for us to take this thought that we're not going to hold on to anti-Semitism with people uh, in this country that we work with and work yeah. alongside. Prejudice is never good in any shape or form. And that is essentially what this is. Absolutely. And if somebody is a Christian and they love Jesus and they're just so thrilled about their Christian experience, you need to love a Jew. Yeah. I mean, because you need to... I think we also need to be careful that we don't hate the Palestine. And, and come down to a place to where we just have hatred. Uh, but Hamas is obviously an enemy. Yeah. We've got to see that. Everyone, and that's what's not happening. Not everyone is accepting the fact that Hamas is an enemy. And we also have to remember that ultimate unity isn't going to come through presidential uh, <laughs> decrees <laughs> and things yeah. like that. It's only going to happen with people's hearts. Yeah. Because Palestinians, Jews, Christians, Islam, we're all people. Yeah. I mean, Jesus loves each one of us regardless of where we're sitting right now. So the, the idea is uh, let's not try to make peace treaties with these countries, but let's love on people and pray for, for everybody. That's right. Well, I know that, again, going back to the business angle, this is a little unusual of a program. It's not just talking about introducing people in the, in the work areas of Central Florida or beyond that are believers. Uh, this, is, this is like you said earlier, this is a heart issue yeah. that every person in business needs to take. Every Christian needs to have a conviction that they're going to love their neighbors. We're going to be known, the Bible mm. says, ultimately by our love. And boy, we, we should be loving people. You know, you take all that Jewish animosity and you pull the name Jewish out and you put in another ethnicity mm -hmm. or culture or background, there would, nobody would stand for that. Yeah, you gave an illustration uh, in a break that I thought was good. You said that would be like people not attending the chamber meetings because it was in a Baptist building. Right. And I mean, that happens. It does happen. That does happen. They, they don't come to the chamber lunches, but they'll come to something off site. Yeah. God help us to get a broader view than that. Right. Yeah. Small minded Christians open up your mind. Yeah. Just open up. Your Please, mind. God, have mercy on us. And I think it's important to say, God, have mercy on our leaders who are having to make decisions that are supposedly representing the good of our yeah. nation right now. Yeah. We need to be praying for them. And obviously what we've heard today, they're under attack from some of their own people. Yeah. 
Absolutely. Yeah, that's a tough situation. But man, uh, this has been a big topic to talk, so thanks for letting me in on it. And and we've just really scratched the surface. But we've run out of time. So for Mike Gillen, this is Mark Goldstein, and we will talk to you next week. You've been listening to The Shepherd at Work. Tune in next week as Mark will introduce you to another marketplace leader who will show you how to live your Christian faith in every place you work and live. The Shepherd at Work, sponsored by the U.S. Christian Chamber of Commerce, building kingdom, business, and community. The preceding was a Mark Radio production.